We all know there are a multitude of Shopify apps in the App Store for what seems like every need possible. But what if you can't find an app that fits exactly what you need? If you have more unique needs, you may find that you need a custom app built. For this month's Shopify Plus bonus episode, we're chatting with Gavin Ballard, CEO of Disco Labs and Shopify Plus partner based in Melbourne, Australia. Gavin's our resident expert on all things custom apps, their advantages, disadvantages, and what to expect from the costs to the build-out process. Grab a mug and join in. Welcome to Commerce Tea, a podcast to help you succeed on Shopify. I'm Rian. And I'm Kelly. Grab a mug and join us as we talk about all things commerce. Kelly, how can I get to know my customers better? By using Octane AI's new Shopify quiz, you can easily create beautiful quizzes to learn more about your customers and help them find products you know they'll love. What kind of results can I expect from building a quiz? You'll see increases in your conversions and average order value, growth in your marketing lists, and higher engagement on your marketing campaigns by using the personalization data you're collecting. And the results are profound. Brands on Shopify with a Shopify quiz have collected 16 times more emails and discovered segments of customers with a 75% higher AOV than the average customer. That's so rad. Yeah. Plus, Octane AI passes the quiz responses into the marketing tools you already use, like Klaviyo and Privy. You'll also get to use this personalization data with Octane AI's powerful Facebook Messenger and SMS automations. Where can I learn more? Visit octaneai.com slash quiz to learn more and request an invite for early access. Hi, Gavin. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks so much for joining us today. So we're going to kick things off by learning a little bit more about you. So who are you and what do you do? So I started my Shopify journey, I think it's about 10 years ago now, which is kind of scary. Uh, I have a background as a developer. I just started out freelancing on the platform, getting merchants set up, building out uh, themes and things like that. And over time, that sort of morphed into getting more interested in the application side of things. Um, So about four years ago, I started building out Disco Labs, which is an agency based here in Melbourne um, that's focused 100% on application development. And uh, that's what I've been doing for the last four years, running that and, and having a good time. That's awesome. Can you tell us a little bit more about Disco Labs? Absolutely. Um, so I mentioned, yeah, we're, we're based here in Melbourne, Australia. We, we do all of our development in-house. And I guess what I, I, I describe ourselves as trying to build the ThoughtBot for Shopify. Um, so for anyone who's not familiar with ThoughtBot, they're a, a really well-respected development company um, in, the, in the software space. And I think what that means for us is that we're a company that really focuses on engineering excellence, um, but also being really open about what we're doing, being really involved in the ecosystem, so teaching other people what we're doing, open sourcing stuff when we can. Um, and that's in addition, obviously, to building stuff that we're really proud of that has an impact for clients um, and, and building the sort of company that we want to work for, so working sustainably and um, with, with people we like and, and doing fun stuff. Uh, I was going to say, I'm just always impressed by everything that you guys do over at Disco Labs. Oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think we, we've done some some pretty cool stuff and had a bit of fun along the way doing it, which is good. Um, yeah, and, and where we are now is that we are 100% focused on, on Shopify Plus merchants and um, 100% focused on application stuff 
for, for those merchants. And within those apps, we sort of have a bit of a 50-50 split these days between uh, products that we've worked on and, and sell to Shopify Plus merchants and 50% sort of custom app builds and bespoke integrations. So let's dig into custom apps a little bit more. What exactly is a custom app? Sure. So the Shopify app store exists, and that is a great place to get um, apps off off the shelf. Um, so things that are pre-built to solve a particular problem, and it's a, usually a very easy one-click install process. You can get up and running, and that, that's great to, to solve a specific problem. Um, but often, uh, as you mentioned up top, there are times when you, you can't use something off the shelf, and there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, it could be simply that no off-the-shelf app exists, and, and we see that quite often when uh, a merchant's on Shopify and they want to be able to talk to an external system and that external system just doesn't have an integration. Um, could be because it's a really niche product or it's a really complex product. Um, so often connecting those two systems is needed. Um, but other times it's a situation where there's there's an app in the store that that gets you like 80% of the way that, um, that you need for a particular merchant. Um, but that extra 20% gap is actually costing you money and it's worthwhile to build something out that, that is 100% aligned with how your business works, um, what you do, and, and how you want to integrate things. Um, and then a, a final reason um, that you might want to look at a custom app, and this is something that we come across more and more often with larger merchants, but um, where there are regulatory um, concerns or concerns about volume and scale, um, which is, you know, we need to have this data hosted in a particular country or we need to have control the infrastructure that has this data in it or, or we need to be able to scale it up and down to, to match traffic patterns and things like that. Um, and on, on top of that as well, if you go through the process of building a custom app, then you're going to have a direct relationship with the agency that, that built it um, and that will usually mean that you've got much higher levels of support, which is, again, really important for, for some of the larger merchants. I think touching on support is, is really important for app customers and as an, as an app developer, but on the other side where I make SaaS apps and, and Gavin makes custom apps. Um, and it, that's something that is really challenging to scale. How have you been able to meet customers or merchants where they need to be in terms of support? Yeah, I, I think I know from everyone that I've ever spoken to that runs apps in the Shopify app store that support is almost always the biggest challenge and, and being available um, and making that a profitable enterprise when um, you do have a lot of merchants that aren't necessarily paying huge amounts of money each month um, making that work for you. So I think the advantage of, of custom apps is that you will almost always have a really, you'll have a direct relationship with the merchant. You know the people on that side, they know you, and there's a lot more direct trust because of that um, relationship. You've gone through the process of building an app with them. So um, yeah, you're going to know them, which is, I think, that level of trust actually is, is really powerful when, you, when you're dealing with support. Um, it, it does mean that you often have pretty high support expectations, but um, that's that's what a retainer after the fact of building a custom app is for. And um, for us, we've been pretty lucky in that um, because we've we've really invested a lot in the the quality of what we're building. We don't have too many issues with downtime or, or things breaking. It happens, sure, but um, yeah, yeah. I think if you put a, the work in up front, then that's less of an issue. So let's talk about the costs a little bit. 
Because not only do you have costs for building the app in the scoping process, the support ongoing, but also the infrastructure that's powering the app too. So can you kind of dig into a little bit more detail on what merchants might be able to expect in terms of receiving an, a quote for a custom app? Yeah, I mean, I think as always, there's a bit of a how long is a piece of string element to that. Um, <laughs> but I think w- what we, we say to customers when we are starting out the scoping process is that uh, I guess the golden rule is always that whatever you spend on the customer app has to be less than the what it's costing you to solve or what the problem is, the, what the cost of the problem is. Um, so I think the number one important part of going into a customer app scoping process is to understand what problem we're trying to solve and how painful is that for us at the moment. Um, so for example, in the, in the example... I mentioned before where you've got an app that is doing 80% of what you need and there's a 20% gap. And a a more concrete example is um, a a client of ours, um, Brooklinen, who were using an off-the-shelf returns app. Um, For them, that off-the-shelf app did 80% of what they needed it to do, but there were some things that was lacking, like having a lot of control over the, the customer return experience when they were submitting it on the front end of the website. Um, it didn't integrate with Zendesk, which is their ticketing system, and um, it didn't integrate with their shipping label provider. Um, so that those three things combined were painful enough that it was costing them literally like days. They had a team of, or they still do have a team of 15-plus support people, um, customer service reps, um, and the amount of time that was spent dealing with those three lack of integrations was hours per person per day. So for them, there's a very clear need to, to improve that and spending, you know, they could have spent $250,000 on the app. That's not what it costs, but they could have spent that and it still would have worked out to be um, to be a net win for them. So really understanding the cost of the problem is, is important. Um, but of course, that's a bit of a hand-waving answer. So to get a bit more concrete... <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I think it's definitely going to depend on um, obviously who you're getting to build it and what what your needs are. But I would say that typical custom app builds um, that I've seen would would be starting at maybe twenty five thousand um, and then going all the way up to hundreds of thousands of dollars. And we've we've done projects across that range. Um, these days, we would tend to focus on builds that are in that sort of 100k plus range um, but we've been a- around for a while and doing it for a while and we're lucky enough that we can be um, quite quite picky about about the projects we take on so um, yeah I, I think that I would definitely not go into a custom app build expecting to spend anything less than 25k um, and if you were if you were trying to do it cheaper than that then I would be concerned about there not being enough time and thought put into things like QA and testing and UAT, um, which is is really important with custom apps because you've got to look at not a, you have to understand that you're going into it spending money on the initial app build, but there is always going to be an ongoing cost. Um, and you, you mentioned hosting and maintenance, which is absolutely um, something to consider. It's it's usually not too too expensive. I think for our hosting and maintenance of a lot of our apps, um, it might only be costing fifty to one hundred dollars a month for the actual server space for that that merchant. Um, but certainly, what is more ex- expensive is the retainer for for us to sit around and um, be keeping an eye on things, monitoring it, making sure everything's still running, and then when 
things change, like Shopify's APIs um, get updated, doing the work to, to update the app to support that, being around to answer any questions and things like that. That makes sense. To keep you on deck in case there's a breaking change that comes from the API, it sounds pretty critical to the follow on of a custom yeah. app. Never heard of such a breaking oh, change it, before. It, it never, it never yeah, happened. I've never so. had a breaking change um, on an app that's taken us out for an entire day. Have you? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, we've, yeah, we've had a, and, and there are situations where things, things go wrong. Um, obviously with, with the Shopify platform, which it's rare, but it, it does happen with our app, which is rare, but it does happen. Um, stars align, uh, and, and something goes wrong. So, um, it, it, for merchants that have spent the money on a custom app, it absolutely makes sense to expect to be paying ongoing to have those developers around, um, to, to support you if something does go awry. So we talked a little bit about doing a cost-benefit analysis in terms of your example with Brooklinen. And when, so outside of doing a cost-benefit analysis, if you're a plus store, because that's kind of who in my head is who's really using custom apps, when, when should you as a merchant say, you know what? this needs to be a custom build. I, I cannot cobble together any more apps and put more and more and more code in my theme that's uh, invariably slowing it down. When When is the time that we email someone like you or someone like Kelly and say, I need a custom app? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a question of how bad you're feeling the pain, I guess. Is, is it the most painful thing in your business? If so, then get on that. If it's, if it's not, then focus on whatever is. Um, which again, I guess, is a bit of a hand hand wavy answer, but um, I, I think if you have a really concrete idea of a problem that you have, which is like, um, and I think one of the things you can do to identify some places where custom apps could be useful is just looking at your day to day process and understand where you and your team is um, is spending time. And I think, uh, especially for for founders of econ businesses. Um, once you've done the work to start delegating stuff to other people in your team, whether it's customer service or logistics um, or, or purchasing and that sort of stuff, uh, it's easy to, to lose touch with the day-to-day processes that people are using to get stuff done. Um, and, and a lot of the time that if something's really inefficient, people will just be doing it and not surface that back up to you. Um, so the classic example, I think, is always just people using manually managed spreadsheets to move data between places. Um, and so a, lo- a lot of our work is replacing like export as CSV, do some stuff in Excel and then re-upload it. Um, and if you're not seeing that day to day, then you may not actually fully appreciate how much time is being wasted by that sort of thing. Um, so I think really understanding the processes that people are using day to day in your business um, might flag to you, oh, this seems like a really inefficient way of doing this. Um, so maybe we should look at this. And, and so just talking to the people on your team in the different roles and understanding where their pain points are um, and, and things like, oh, every time a uh, support ticket comes in, I have to do this in this system and this in this system and this in this, this system. And that happens really quickly um, when you're scaling a fast-growing e-com business. Kelly. I'm going to be really honest. I need to save time and make my marketing workflow more efficient. I don't want to continue to dump money into ads if they're not converting. Do you have any suggestions? 
As a matter of fact, I do. With Just Duno, you can capture, segment, and retarget your website visitors, then personalize their shopping experience. Why spend hours on writing email copy when you're not customizing the buyer journey? Okay, I'm in, but does Just Uno work with my marketing tools? Yes, Just Uno integrates with email tools like Klaviyo and OmniSend, as well as SMS providers such as PostScript and SMS Bump. You can even capture both email and phone in the same pop-up. I recommend the Just Uno Plus plan. It gives you access to their AI component, which creates smart product recommendations based on things like most purchased and most viewed. You also get access to a Just Uno strategist to assist with the game plan and technical support. Where can I learn more? Go to justuno.com slash T to sign up and get 20% off your plan for the first year. Again, that's J-U-S-T-U-N-O dot com slash T-E-A. I know it's going to vary by project, just depending on the level of complexity, but I'm curious what the like what what is the standard length of a press like the project like does it usually take 10 weeks to build 20 weeks to build yeah again how long is a piece of string a little bit but um uh yeah i definitely would not be expecting to get i I think the the worst thing you can do and i speak probably on the agency owner side here but the worst thing you can do is be like we need this app by this date um, because uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that probably indicates if you have a if you have a drop dead date you've waited yeah, I, too I, long I've to always get started. That. We need this uh, in a week, and you're like, what? Like in one week? <laughs> We're just figuring this out right now. Yeah, so I, I think um, lead time is really important, and not only because whoever's building the app sort of needs that time, but if you if you don't have a hurried rush sense, you'll probably do a better job of the scoping process. And if who you're working with is is doing their scoping job properly, they'll really be digging deep to understand the, the core problem that you're actually solving and maybe thinking about um, other problems that isn't the immediate one that you're coming to people with. So um, I think making sure you have the time to do that scoping process um, is, is really important. So on for us if someone comes to us with a a lead um so we as an agency we actually we work, we work in three week cycles um and and anything that comes in in the middle of that cycle we don't even look at until the the start of the next cycle um so at the soonest, really, if a lead comes to us, then we're going to be starting the scoping process, um, you know, maybe a week, two weeks later. Um, that scoping process usually does take three to four weeks. Um, and at the end of that, we've got a pretty good idea of, of you know, what sort of scale of that we're talking about um, and and roughly how long it's going to take to build. And then the actual build process, I, I, we would never allow less than six weeks for a project delivery, um, and that's probably for the stuff that we've that's simpler and that we've done before. Um, the actual, yeah, I think it's something a lot of people don't appreciate with custom apps is there is there is coding to be done for custom apps, but a lot of the time you need to it, it, a, lo- a lot of the time. It's not the code itself that is the time-consuming um, part. It's the going back and forth between the merchant, us, and a third party because we need to get API credentials or get things enabled on the account. So there's all of, like, communication. Um, and then testing as well, um, which is is something that we try to 
have quite a significant period. Um, so you know, at least two weeks worth of pretty thorough UAT before a launch um, and just that period of testing stuff and getting feedback and iterating um, is really important. So, yeah, definitely wouldn't be expecting um, to be standing something up in less than six weeks and then we have projects that have, yeah, six months, 12 months um, and then apps where we sort of break it down to a phase approach where we might try to launch something after three months um, with the knowledge it will go straight into a phase two that'll be another three months and that sort of stuff. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I, I know because I test apps frequently, albeit again, the same app over and over and over, um, how, how important it is to test your apps before it goes to, to market. The, the, the joke, the running joke, my company is, hold on a minute, don't push to production. <laughs> it's just, just wait, just wait a second uh, before. Let's make sure, even if it's a hot fix, let's make sure it works before, before it gets shipped um, to so many people. So, Gavin, can you give us some examples of custom apps that you have built at Disco Labs? So I think probably one of my my favorite examples um, of a merchant that we're working with is uh, Hasbro, who uh, toy manufacturer based up in in Rhode Island, um, and they launched their first direct consumer offering online uh, at the start of of twenty nineteen. I just had to do the math there. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so the, the, they they manage a lot of really popular brands, like Transformers, Star Wars, um, Ghostbusters, a lot of um, really popular brands and, and figurines and things like that. And they have a really fanatical fan base. Um, so when they release new lines of Star Wars toys, for example, they they really see a, a, a massive wave of people that really want to buy it. Um, and so for them, the pre-order model is really quite common. So they'll um, they'll have people um, signing up and then maybe two, three months later, um, they'll get charged and, and shipped, have the product shipped. Um, and so that, that pre-order functionality um, doesn't really exist natively on Shopify. Um, there are some apps that do pre-sale stuff on Shopify, but um, they don't work super natively within the Shopify checkout. Um, so for, for Hasbro, that was kind of a deal breaker and they needed something something custom. So that's where we came in, which was to build out a completely custom app that manages their pre-sale and crowdfunding process. Um, so that will um, let them set up campaigns, define when their pre-sales end. Um, the customer will go through the checkout, will capture their card details and then when the pre-sale ends we'll charge the card complete the order um yeah so i think that was a really fun project to work on obviously hasbro's got a lot of interesting brands and it's it was a good test in volume because yeah there are a lot of star wars fans out there and when they they drop a, a new line then they can obviously have some pretty intense sale periods so yeah it was quite quite interesting um and then that's actually led us into um, more custom apps with them. Um, so they changed their fulfillment provider not too long ago and they needed, it was sort of that other situation I was talking about where they needed to integrate with this system but there wasn't really anything out there that did that. So we built the middleware that sits between Shopify and their fulfillment system, um, which is slightly less fun but um, still quite, um, well, quite useful for them. Very important. I mean, th- and those are the types of 
of projects that people, I think, I think those end up being a lot more useful because you don't really think about those third-party integrations and how they need to talk to each other. They're, you know, they're not the sexy projects, but they're not, but they're very, very necessary. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think if anyone's out there as a developer thinking about where they want to be spending their time, then I think um, definitely that back office sort of stuff is is often the, the low-hanging fruit and and where a lot of the, the value is. Um, and it, especially because I think, um, I mean, the there are a lot of challenges building any sort of app that interfaces with the the front end of the store. I'm sure Ryan is <laughs> well aware of the challenges. Um, as soon as you start touching a, a Shopify store theme, then you get everything goes wrong with the theme is the fault of your app. Um, <laughs> we Yes, we often get blamed when the blame is not on us, yet it is on us. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, a, a, a very long time ago, I did have an app in the Shopify app store and it, uh, it did some stuff with um, SEO. To this day, I regret not buying this app. I want to also just acknowledge that out <laughs> loud. It, it hit the market. Gavin and I had a conversation and I am notoriously very, um, how do I say, um, conservative with my money spending it. And I was like, oh no, I don't know. But to this day, it's like, man, that was like, I messed up and I should, we should have bought that app, man. It, it is such a good app. <laughs> oh, uh, I've got, I've got some more. Oh, okay, I can okay, tell okay, you well, if you want. <laughs> well, we'll take that offline. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot how we got, oh yes. Um, but uh, yeah, the fact that that changed anything on the, on the front end um, and in our app, we were actually linking to Google's SEO validation tool. So as soon as you install the app, people would validate their site to check that the app did what it said it did. And um, because a lot of Shopify themes had na- stuff that was broken by default, it would tell them that their site was broken and that would, of course, be our fault. So um, long story short, touching the front end of, of, of themes is... is um, always a bit challenging. Um, and, and especially if you're working with larger merchants who are hiring you to do a custom app build in the first place, they'll often have um, a completely custom front-end theme. So a lot of the stuff that people would often turn to apps for can be managed through the theme anyway. Um, so yeah, definitely that back-end, back-office um, sort of stuff is is the where the value is for, for merchants a lot of the time. Fun fact, Gavin, about that specific Google API it no longer works, and we know <laughs> because <laughs> it, it took out one of, one of the, the 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 functionalities in our app in a very uh, dramatic manner. <laughs> so mm, I, I'm so happy to not be involved in SEO in any way, shape, or form these days. So yeah, rapidly yeah. changing industries are are fun. I they're fun, but they have a unique set of challenges because they're always changing. I know there's some alternatives. So let's say you are sort of in between. You're, you're Maybe you don't want to use an out-of-the-box app, but maybe you can't quite afford a custom app. What are your lightweight alternatives? Uh, yeah, so I, th- I think that's a really, um, yeah, really important thing to think about. And that's actually something that we'll try and do a bit before we dive in and hand over a bill for 100 grand is, is to say, okay, well, is there something a bit easier that you can solve this. Um, so a few options. Um, if you are not a Shopify Plus merchant, then there's a couple of things that are worth exploring. Um, the the number one uh, one of those is uh, something like Zapier. 
what, Zapier? I'm always unsure about how you... I never know how it's pronounced. I, I, my, I got my mind blown when someone told me it's Zapier because it rhymes with happier. So that's sort of how it sticks in my head now, but I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, something like it's a, a, a no-code tool like, like Zapier that lets you link together systems. And for things that are pretty straightforward, then that often works really well. So things like um, I want to tag a customer um, with a particular tag when they purchase a particular product. And that's something that is quite achievable through uh, Zapier. Um, it takes a little bit of learning and, and hooking things up, but you're not having to dive into code and build stuff out. So um, that's either something you as a merchant may be able to do yourself or someone on your team may be able to do yourself. Um, or again, if you're working with an agency, then that's often something that they'll have in their wheelhouse that they're able to help help you with. Um, there's also another option for, for non-plus merchants uh, is Mechanize, which is an app that is um, designed to let merchants uh, build their own sort of custom workflows. Um, it is a pretty developer-focused tool. Um, but again, if you're working with an agency that has experience with that, then you can um, quite often get stuff done reasonably quickly um, and not at the cost of a completely custom app. Um, if you're if you're a Shopify Plus merchant, then um, yes, you definitely have some other options. Um, Shopify Flow probably being the, the major one, their workflow automation tool, and that does um, that does quite a lot out of the box, and that can again solve problems like I want to tag a customer when they buy a particular product, um, I want to fire a notification when our stock levels reach a certain threshold. Um, those sort of workflows are, are all quite achievable with Flow. Um, uh, and then I guess the next level beyond that would be um, looking at sort of mini, what I'd call mini apps. Um, and again, this is probably where your problem domain is quite um, quite simple and, and focused. And again, the things like, oh, we just want to take an action based on something happening. Um, maybe it requires pulling in some data from a third-party API or something like that. Um, and, yeah, I, I'll describe these as, as mini-apps, so things that you can deploy quite easily to a serverless system like um, Lambda or, or Azure Functions or something like that. Um, once you get to that stage, you're definitely in the custom app sort of space and you, you, you need someone who is able to code that and maintain it and document it. Um, but... Often, if you break down a problem um, enough, that you can often get something that's simple enough that'll work with that kind of um, setup. And if you can do that, then that's a really nice way to go about it because it'll usually be very cheap to host and maintain, um, reasonably simple, um, and so that you um, can pot potentially take management over it of it in-house if you've got a tech team that can do it um, and it doesn't necessarily require a lot of intricate knowledge of things like how Shopify's app auth system works or, or something like that. Um, but then, yeah, for, for anything that gets a bit more complicated, uh, like it needs to be storing its own um, data, uh, it needs to be presenting a user interface to either a merchant or a customer, that's where you start to get into the, the full-blown custom app space. But th there are definitely a lot of easier options that, that is are worth exploring um, before you jump into into that. And, um, yeah, anyone who is going through that scoping process for you should definitely be looking at that as a first port of call rather than, hey, let's spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on this. 
I've never heard of mechanized before. And now I'm looking at it right now and I am, I want to play with it. <laughs> yeah. So um, Isaac, who who created it, he created the Locksmith app, which oh. is um, a fan, fan favorite of all Shopify merchants everywhere. Um, yeah. So it's um, it's pretty interesting. We, we haven't used it for a project because I think, um, Again, most of the merchants we're working with are plus merchants, so um, they have access to Flow, and um, and we've built some extensions to Flow that help us get most of the way there. But um, yeah, it's, it seems like a really funky tool, and and uh, it's pretty comprehensive, I think. Um, but it does require some pretty. It's, it's got an interesting approach where you use Liquid to write language, uh, write logic that controls your store. So I think it makes it quite accessible to front-end developers because they're familiar with Liquid. So um, I think it's got some advantages there. Definitely worth checking out. Yeah, for sure. We'll include a link to that in the show notes if you are into that kind of thing like I am because I'm totally going to play I around with it. <laughs> you are not. <laughs> I'll just okay, report perfect. back and let you yeah, know what I, I think. Really How about that? Report. Um. <laughs> perfect. So we like to close out each of these episodes by each sharing a store, Shopify store that has impressed us, that we're proud of that because we built it, whatever it might be. So Gavin, I would love for you to share a store with us. Absolutely. I, I've actually got two. Because I did pick, love it. I did. I did pick one that uh, that I'd worked on, and then I felt a bit guilty about that. So, <laughs> um, the, the the first the first one that I want to share is is the only bit of front end work that we've done in the past year or so, but we're quite proud of it. It's um, for a, a brand called the Sheet Society here in Australia. Um, they're a, a, a really big success story um, for for Australia. Husband and wife team, really nice people, and um, yeah, building a business around. Um, really affordable but high-quality sheets. And we built a, a 3D um, bed builder for them so you can pick your pillows and your quilt cover and your linen and that sort of stuff and see a real-time rendering of that. Um, so that was a bit of fun front-end work that we did. So I wanted to share that one. Um, link in the show notes, I assume. Um, yep. And then the the other one, which we had nothing to do with whatsoever, which um I've been referring to quite a lot recently is uh, Frank Body, who uh, another Australian company. Um, and the reason that I've been talking about them a fair bit recently is they have a really nice implementation of Headless on Shopify Plus. So um, the way that they've built out their site is very content heavy within WordPress, but then all of their checkout stuff goes through Shopify. And I just think it's a really nice and clean approach. So, um, and the, the design is great. And apparently their products are really good too. So um, Their products are really great. <laughs> Ladies, if you are looking for a gift or guys, whoever, really doesn't matter. If you're looking for a gift and you don't know what to get them, something from Frank Body is, it'll it'll go over well, trust I'm gonna, me. I'm going to be checking really. it out. Yep. So they're, <laughs> yeah. So they're my, they're my two stores. Perfect. Rian, what's your store this week? My store this week is Somersault because I had a birthday recently and I got Somersault pajamas and they're like silky and they feel fabulous because they're leopard print. I also maybe did or did not wear them on a Zoom call earlier today and tried to just pass it off as like regular fashion. Um, <laughs> that definitely, no shame. It, it did happen. Kelly was there. Uh, <laughs> and I also really like that they use, that their site is performant um, 
but it's also really asset heavy. And as we all know, that that's a challenge. And they have some some cute animations in there. And I also love that it's size inclusive. It's a brand. There's just so many things Somersault does really well. And also now I know they make really comfy clothes or really comfy <laughs> jammies. So, which is not how they started, by the way. They started in swimwear. So I I I think I skipped ahead in their in their brand narrative and I need to now backtrack into into swimwear. I think it's been a little while since I mentioned Alberts in an episode. Oh so I think it's God. a really great example of like introducing like underwear. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, I somehow find a way to slip Alberts into every episode we talk about. We're just really hoping for an Alberts sponsorship. I mean, it can be in kind, Alberts. It can just be shoes. Like we, we're not actually picky. We're just, Kelly wants 10 pairs of Alberts. It's fine. It is, it is a very nice size. Yeah. It is. It's not actually my store shout out this week, though, because I feel like I can only do that like once every six months. So my store shout out this week is, Rian, don't judge me. My store shout out is called Citizen Supply, and it's actually a local store to Atlanta. I absolutely love their their clothing. They they have basically their whole setup is they they do have a brick and mortar location. They only recently started selling online, I think last year. And they support small businesses, makers, like all the small brands and you can kind of like purchase, you can like you can rent like space in there to sell your stuff. But they oh like the way that the products are curated in there is like they they really find a fun way to combine different makers brands into like one display. So it, it, it's it, they have like a front display that always shows like the different like uh, I'm blanking on examples like uh, soaps and candles that are from two different makers but they pair very well together. Um, I've bought a lot of their clothing, especially like their their sweatshirts. They have a shirt that's like the phonetics uh, spelling of Atlanta because we don't pronounce that last T. So it's like A-T-L-A-N-N-U-H. And I love wearing it everywhere I go. It's also just a nice store. I haven't been inside a store in a very long time thanks to COVID. So I was just dreaming about revisiting Citizen Supply. <laughs> that's great. And that's one thing I think really takes e-commerce stores to the next level is when they can really reproduce that in-store effect. Absolutely. And we know that through conversion and, and everything, it's like, oh, yes, I'm shopping, not just, oh, I'm here to do a thing. Um, so I'm going to check that store out as well. I have a pro- – whenever we talk about we like all these store recommendations, I always end up buying something after we <laughs> record the episode. <laughs> Yeah, my goal is oh, I, I try to shout out stores I've bought something from before just to prevent me from spending more money on their store because I know that I already like their products. It's a, it's a real issue. So like it, it is a real issue. <laughs> this this podcast is going to get real expensive real fast. I feel like this clip is the bit that you take to when you're trying to get sponsorship for the podcast. And it's like, "Hey, I I always tend to <laughs> buy, buy something." Yeah. <laughs> hints hints. So Gavin, last thing. Where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Gavin Ballard. Um, or if you want to check out the Disco Labs website, which is in bad need of an update, I accept <laughs> that. Uh, we are at www.discolabs.com. Perfect. Gavin, thank you so much for joining us. I love talking all things custom apps when you know way more than I do. So I get to learn all kinds of things from these types of episodes. Absolutely. I just learned so much. I I need to Google some acronyms if we're being totally transparent. So thank you. (laughs) 
And if there are any acronyms that you need to Google, we'll include yes. those in the yes, show notes. Yes, we will. We will. Because there's a, I was like, hmm, I feel like I should know this, but alas, I do not. So <laughs> thank you, Gavin, for joining us today, bright and early from Melbourne, Australia. We appreciate you and we hope to have you back soon. Thank you so much. It's been a blast. Thanks so much for listening to this bonus episode. You can subscribe to Commerce Tea on your favorite podcasting service. We post new episodes every Tuesday, so grab your mug and join us then. See you next week. Clocked In is a time clock for Shopify. With Clocked In, your team members can easily clock in and out of their shifts from anywhere. You can manage your team's hours as they work remotely with an intuitive interface that can be used from desktop, tablet, or mobile. Check it out at clockedin.io or in the Shopify app store.